Hello, welcome to another edition of 41 Files at 41 Action News. That sound you're hearing there is the cheers of Chiefs training camp in St. Joseph, Missouri. Lots of people headed up. We believe record-breaking numbers of people and crowds headed up over the first week to go up and watch the, hopefully, Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. That's what we're talking about is what we're hoping to be able to see and say about them this year. That's what everyone in Kansas City feels like. It's Super Bowl or bust this year, so lots of people in red and yellow and white headed up to to watch the Chiefs at training camp. I'm joined, as always, by Digital Director Sam Hartle. Hi, Sam. Uh, good morning. It's uh, Friday. Yep. And uh, since we're talking football, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm from Minnesota, and so I always have to balance my allegiances between the Minnesota Vikings and the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I think it's pretty easy this year that – uh, I should put my eggs in the Chiefs basket. Okay. I, I mean, not to get too deep in the purple weeds here, but I think I think most people think Kirk Cousins will be better this year. So we'll we'll get to see what's up with the Vikings. Uh, if you, what if, if it's you, a Chiefs Vikings Super Bowl? Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, not sure about. Not that. sure about that. He's got a few months to decide. Also joined by Forty One Action News reporter. Hey Mackenzie, have you, you've been Hello. in here before, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. I thought. Okay. What did we talk about Only the last a couple time? times? Okay. I what can't remember the last time about? you were talking about last time you were here, but you've been doing training camp for like we the last about week. We women's soccer. Women's soccer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. The last time you were here, you were talking about the Women's World Cup. When they made Joe a few days, big that was in Kansas City, and now you're talking about a different kind of football. Mm-hmm. You've been up there to St. Joe a few days, both uh, professionally and personally, right? You've been up there as a fan and as a reporter? I went up there about four times uh, as a reporter, okay. once for um, fan purposes. Okay. Uh, but it's been great. There are so many people in St. Joe it's ridiculous. I couldn't believe your video the first day when the gates opened up. I, people, I couldn't believe it. People were running it. as soon as it opened. I thought people were going to be trampled. Yeah. No. They they had to get their best spot to watch practice. What's the – because I was out there the, the first full day last year, but before camp started, before practice started. I was out there before I think God woke up. Um, <laughs> wonder what time that is. It's very early. Uh what is what is the the layout like for Chiefs fans? And for the people that have not been out there before, what's 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 the experience like as a fan to come and watch practice? Where do you get to sit? How much can you see? What's that like? So, I will say something that is new this year that I did not see when I was there last year. People were actually tailgating for training for, camp for practice. Yeah, I love so it. they were out there early tailgating in the parking lots before the gates opened to even come in and watch practice. So this was hours prior to practice. Um, but for a fan, you you can go out there. They have bleachers that if you get there early, you can probably uh, get a spot. Um, or otherwise, you kind of have to just stand. Um, lots of people. so A lot of standing. A lot of standing. Yeah. Um, you're probably not going to get a spot on the bleachers unless you're you know, one of the first people mm-hmm. sprinting through the gates to get there. But Because um, the bleachers, did you seat how many, would you say? Well, probably not even a hundred. Really, people. it's not a ton. It's not yeah. a ton of spots to to sit. Yeah, and and the thing is, they have um, you can stand up against the fence in certain areas. You just can't stand in front of the bleachers because you're blocking other people's yeah. view. But all around um, the practice field, people can stand. So, yeah. I mean, you have places to go, but if you do go, plan on standing. Okay. So, as as a fan, the time you've been up there as as a fan, is it is it odd to watch practice? I mean, we we are used to all these guys. In a professional setting, in a game type setting, is it is it weird? I mean, you've been to practice before. Mm-hmm. You, you're a big sports fan, but is it is it odd when you see like Mahomes kind of chunking over to Tyreek Hill and they kind of just kind of jog one out that kind of thing? Is, is it odd? I think it's uh, if you're used to watching just the games. Yeah, um, and you haven't been to training camp before. It's just a different experience. Um, but I will say it's it's a little more fun because you're so close. You can be so close to the field. Um, you know, right there on that fence. Um, 
and you can kind of hear them, you know, talking and, and messing around with each other and, you know, getting everyone pumped up. Uh, they have music blaring the whole time. Yeah. Um, so the experience, I would say if you've never been, you have to go. It's just yeah. – Especially this year, like you said, it's Super Bowl or bust. And people were actually saying that. Um, that's just how they felt. People, I, I interviewed one couple who said they drove over a thousand miles from Virginia Beach just to come watch. I remember practice. their sign. You took a picture mm-hmm. of them, put their sign up. Yep. And the lady had on a shirt that said, "I'm I married into the Chiefs." Right. I remember <laughs> she that. She was not sign. even a football fan or Chiefs fan, but her husband is. And wow. Now we and they new, they this, that summer vacation, <laughs> we're driving over from. Newport, from Virginia to Beach to go to Kids City. That, yeah, I know that's wild. It's not to go to a game yeah. or anything like that to watch practice. And then I was just there the other day when it rained and practice was moved inside. Yeah. Uh, what was that? What is today? Friday? So mm-hmm. that was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so people drove all the way to St. Joe and who knows, you know, where they were coming from. Right. And then when practice was moved inside, it became a closed practice. Yeah. So everyone had to leave. Yeah. So they watched maybe, maybe 30 minutes. Wow. But they were still so happy to be there. <laughs> okay, so kind of put in perspective the – because I think most people, maybe not most, a, a fair number of people who come, in, who come to training camp are coming with the hopes of having a personal experience with a player or coach, mm-hmm. getting an autograph, getting a selfie, something like mm-hmm. that. Put that in perspective as far as what your odds are, not to tell people, hey, don't go to training camp because it's not going to happen, but just how, how difficult is it? What is it dependent on the player? What's it like to, to try and have – a picture taken or a photograph had, that kind of thing? Uh, I think it depends on the day. So every day they choose who's going to be signing autographs. So one day is wide receivers and tight ends, and then another day you might have, um, I don't know, some of the defensive, defensive players line. Yeah. coming mm-hmm. out. Um, so I think it really depends. Sometimes I would say they sign autographs for maybe 10 minutes after practice and then they're moved on to the next thing because sure. they're kind of on a schedule. But if you're lined up against the fence, I mean, you do have – a, a really good chance of getting an autograph, but I would just say it really depends on how long the guys are going to stay out there. So you could get an autograph. It may not be from the one person you were, you know, hoping, right. but you still could get a few autographs while you're there. Right. So it's definitely worth trying if that's what you're going for, but I wouldn't 100% count on it being from, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's, I mean. I think everyone wants that. I've seen video of him <laughs> doing autographs, and I mean, it's it's a madhouse of people mm-hmm. clamoring over each other. Mm-hmm. It's and just someone this, goes with him, too. Like, absolutely. To almost protect him It's just from this us. sea of red <laughs> of people reaching out for him. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite the quite the thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Is the media horde kind of the same way um, when it mm-hmm. comes to trying to get uh, you know a quick shout an out interview? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. A quick shout out to our digital uh, mm-hmm. uh, social media producer Megan Strickland, who's mm-hmm. been up um, you know doing some amazing stuff for us on on social during Chiefs training camp. Uh, it should be no surprise that her photo of Patrick Mahomes signing autographs has been one of the most liked photos on Instagram. I'm blown away. Yeah. But but I, I have to imagine that you know. Just as much as as the fans are clamoring around uh, Mahomes, that the media is kind of probably the same way. I think so. I think everyone is, even though it's our job to go up there and, and cover what's happening. I think it's still cool for us to actually be down there and, and close to them on the field. And mm-hmm. and I mean, Megan was you know right there yeah. watching it happen, yeah. and I'm sure people wanted to take her place. You know, absolutely. But I think it's just kind of like surreal to be there and see it all and just experience it firsthand, and then. You kind of have to remind yourself, like, oh, I am working. This is right. this is my job, right? <laughs> should, Even though I'm a Chiefs fan, <laughs> I have to not freak out right. whenever they walk. <laughs> you can't ask them for an autograph either, so right. don't do it. <laughs> right, and it, I, I, I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people don't understand that's a no-no. We're mm-hmm. you know we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to anytime we have locker room access or anything mm-hmm. like that. We can't go in there. Okay, thanks for the interview. Can I get a quick autograph, real quick? That's mm-hmm. we're not supposed to yeah, do that. Can't so, do it. I'm 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 curious about. 
um, the Tyreek Hill situation because that has been one, obviously, that had uh, quite a rocky summer um, from his suspension from the team, I believe, in April is when that happened, up until just a couple of weeks ago when the league came down and said, we don't find uh, proper evidence to suspend him, and he was welcomed back to the team. Uh, have you been there on days that he's been on the practice field, and what has the reaction been like? So I was there um, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, it, fans line up to watch the players come down from the uh, indoor facility and out onto the field. Yeah. And when he came walking down, I mean, he got so many cheers mm-hmm. and people chanting his name. And it was it was really cool to see. And he even stopped and kind of talked to some of the fans and stuff and then proceeded to run down onto the practice field. But it just seems like people are really happy to have him back out there. They're, you know, excited to get to watch him practice. And he really has been, I mean, he does anything out there on the field and fans are going crazy. Sam, you're the longest tenured Kansas City in, in the room. Well, no, you you, were, you grew up here. But as far as working in the media in, in the Kansas City area, I believe you've been doing this the longest here. Um it's been 10 years that the Chiefs have had training camp here, but prior to that, they were in Wisconsin, mm-hmm, right, is where right, they yeah. went. I mean, how different of a process is it to cover a team? And obviously the, the stakes are a little bit different when you've got teams that are expecting Super Bowls, that kind of thing. But how much different is it when they're going so far away to have training camp compared to what it is now? I would I would venture, I can't speak on behalf of news directors uh, at television stations in Kansas City. Sure. Um, but I'm willing to venture that, uh, that their preference is that it's in St. Joe yeah. uh, compared to... Uh, um, uh, I think it was River Falls, Wisconsin, okay. which I think is just to the east of the Twin Cities um, metropolitan area on the on the Minnesota side. But yeah. uh, you know, a, lot, a couple of different teams do that. You know, the New Orleans Saints, I think, travel to uh, West Virginia for for theirs, and the then you Cowboys have, in California, right? And then you have teams where their training camp is just you know literally ten miles from where they would normally play. The Vikings are in the suburbs of, of Minneapolis. Um, and so Kansas City, I think, has kind of found this nice little medium where, you know, to me, the the, the approach that I would take for it is uh, to make a weekend out of it, you know. And, and I think that's where maybe St. Joe kind of gets the nice uh, nice boost economically for for some fans that might have a couple of nights of a hotel stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's a it, it allows for years such as this one where there's maybe a little more anticipation and excitement um, that, that fans can, can go interact with that where if it were farther away. Um, I think it'd be harder for for the fans to do that. Yeah, is there anything, McKenzie, that you would say would surprise people who are making their someone hears this and says, you know what, I really am going to go do that. Is there anything that would you would say, be aware this is different than what you think it's going to be, other than the you know trying to get autographs that kind of thing. Anything else that you would tell people that may head up there for the first time? I think uh, families, if they're wondering if they could take young kids with them, sure. if, if they would be able to handle being out there for several hours. Um, they do have a lot of stuff for kids to do. They set up on uh, one of the other uh, stadium fields, and they set up all these different um, activities for kids. It's kind of just like the kids zone. Oh, you're kidding. That. Yeah. So they have all these activities, all these games for kids to go get involved in. So, you know, if they're bored and they don't want to stand there and watch practice, plenty of other things for them to do. They have um, people want to shop and get a bunch of Chiefs gear. They have tents st- uh, set up with all of the Chiefs uh, apparel that they have. So, I mean – You can expect more than just going and standing and watching a practice. There's plenty of things to do. And now now I have to play this podcast for my wife in the car. Just kind of look at her and be like, hey, you want to do this on Saturday? Um, (laughs) You had mentioned that if it's raining, uh, then they move the practice indoors. Do some of those uh, side, like the kid zone and then the merchandise tents, are those still open? 
um, even if practice moves indoors, or do they just shoo everybody off the off the premises? So. Uh my first time experience, experiencing uh, rain and practice being moved indoors was on Wednesday, and they had everyone. Everyone had to leave campus for safety reasons. Practice was moved inside because it was lightning too. It wasn't yeah, just, it was the just lightning rain. was mm-hmm. pretty bad. Um, so since everything's set up in just those, what are they? Canopies? Those canopy tents? Yeah. They take everything down. So I don't know if they set okay, it up right, anywhere right. else, um, but I do know. I mean, there were um, security moving people out and saying they couldn't be out there sure. anymore for safety reasons. So. so if there's rain in the forecast, maybe mm-hmm. don't go that day. Right. Really, really not worth it probably to go that day. Um, although if you do, you might get a better chance at an autograph if people <laughs> do decide not to True. go. People were kind of lingering if while you, practice was going that's on. That's right. So is it really over or yeah. do we just get to come in with you guys or what's up? Well, on this Saturday, is fan, uh, family, family fun day? Tomorrow is. Oh, that is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm, I didn't, I'm saying I did not realize all the stuff there for kids to do. I have three young boys. I would love to go out there and watch practice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Another question. So we've talked about all the stars and how they draw uh, attention. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there a player that also draws attention uh, but isn't necessarily, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis, yeah. Travis Kelsey? Is there somebody who uh, fans kind of gravitate like? Uh, Todd Palmer, host of Fourth and One, would be remiss if I didn't uh, uh, mention uh, Dustin Colquitt. Um, but is there like kind of a behind-the-scenes Chiefs player um, that you know kind of hams it up for the crowd, or that kind of draws some uh, some additional cheers that maybe don't make the headlines? You know, I think right now people are just really excited for some of the new faces that we got, um, like Frank Clark mm-hmm. and then Tyron Matthew. They've been um, really getting some cheers out there. But also some of the uh, younger guys, uh, Nicole Hardman, mm-hmm. Nicole mm-hmm. Hardman, um, people really love him. I mean, he does anything in practice, and he's getting big cheers. And he signed autographs uh, earlier this week, and people were lining up for those. So he's another one to watch. Um, also, I think uh, Tremont Smith, he was on the defensive side of the ball. Now he's been moved to offense. I think he's someone that people might really want to get an autograph from. It looks like he could be our uh, one of our running backs. So I think people would uh, line up for him as well. I should say also, and don't hold me to this, but uh, – there was some there was some strong reaction, we'll say, uh, to the last year video of Anthony Sherman arriving at training camp in the singlet. Um, and this year he came up in the in the race car. Mm-hmm. And there was some talk amongst the morning crew that uh, myself and the three husbands of the women that I work with should dress as different versions of Anthony Sherman coming to training camp. And I said, well, I'll take the one that he's wearing the most clothes, which was <laughs> which was this year. I think was the one he was wearing the most clothes yeah, when he that showed up. The, the, yeah, suit. right. The whole the whole uh, fire retardant mm-hmm. racing suit kind of situation. And it had the sleeves cut yeah, off. I'll have say. I'll have to lift a whole lot between mm-hmm. now and Halloween to make that work. But <laughs> I think that's that's what we may be leaning towards for Halloween. I think you guys should just stick with Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Probably true. Uh, well, Mackenzie, you're going to this is obviously not your last time at training camp. You're going to have some more time up there probably. I will before. probably be back out there at some point. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being up there and for uh, kind of giving us some insight into the fan experience up there. No problem. Definitely like. go. Uh, we are talking a lot of Chiefs in this particular 41 Files podcast. You're not, you haven't downloaded 4th or 1. Don't worry. You should, but this is not what you're listening to right now. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to go back to White House, Texas, East Texas area, right outside Tyler. Um, where I used to work, to do some stories on Patrick Mahomes because he is from White House, Texas. And I got a chance to do several stories about that So for, for training camp. One of the first ones that we did, or the first one that we put on the air, uh, a friend of mine is Patrick Mahomes' trainer and has been his trainer since he was in the fourth grade 
and he shared some experiences or, or what that's like to have known him for so long and now to watch him uh, succeed the way he is. I've known Bobby Stroop for a long time. It's great to see you, dude. It's been too long, man. Absolutely. But not as long as he's known Patrick Mahomes. Patrick even gave Stroop a shout-out at the Pro Bowl this year. I trained with a guy that I've trained with since I was in fourth grade uh, named Bobby Stroop at Apex. Stroop still trains kids that were the same age as Patrick was when he started and says at that age, his job is about making sure they're enjoying the work. That's all. But he told us that Patrick started to really stand out in middle school. Anytime we put him in a reactive situation, a multi-directional agility situation or a problem-solving situation or something that showed power from multiple dimensions, he stood out. And now? I mean, he's a unicorn. If he was on a video game, and he is now, but you know, he would have all these things turned up that most kids wouldn't want because they wouldn't know why it's good. You know, his, his agility, his movement, all these things are just off the charts. Stroop showed up on Patrick's Instagram page several times this summer. He was also part of a viral moment with him during Mahomes' college days. We had some high school kids do a long throw competition from their knees up here. And he said, well, who threw the furthest? And I told him, and he said, I want to beat that. And I said, well, let's do it and let's put it on camera and show people your arm strength. He gets on his knees right here and he throws it. And he actually threw it a little over 80 yards from his knees. But I thought, if I tell people this is 80 yards, it will be the biggest quacks and they'll just make fun of him. So we just said 65 yards and it just, it went everywhere. It was on every game day. Patrick isn't the only pro athlete Stroop trains. Players from multiple sports work with him and his team. In fact, during our visit, Dylan Cantrell, who's in his second year as a receiver with the Los Angeles Chargers, was at APEC. He went to high school and college with Patrick Mahomes and also says he owes a lot to Bobby. You know, we do so many functional things that you wouldn't do normally um, that you wouldn't even think of doing if you're training or working out on your own. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's still surreal because, I mean, we, I still see him as, you know, the kids that we grew up playing Little League baseball and football and uh, basketball. And just uh, so it's, it's been awesome. And, and like I said, I think he's going to keep getting better. That's almost hard to imagine after Mahomes' first season as a starter in Kansas City. But it's not for Stroop, who's been there since the beginning and knows exactly what Chiefs Kingdom has to look forward to. Watching him play now, no, man, because I've seen all those things in my head a million times before they happen. I'm, I'm being honest. Like, I really have. And, and Patrick, I know he has. He loves the town. He loves the fans. Those kind of things really push him on and motivate him. He loves the game as much as you love watching him. All right, you just heard uh, a story from Taylor Hemnes. It's odd because we're talking about you here in the studio. Not odd for me, Sam. Right. Uh, uh, one of several stories that Taylor mentioned before, uh, that clip there, that we've done from his visit to East Texas. Yep. Um, which is uh, you know, maybe a spot that a lot of people don't know about. Um, you know, People may be more familiar with uh, you know Austin and Dallas, sure. and Houston, College sure. Station, and maybe the Hill Country and, and, and stuff like that, but maybe not so much uh, in East Texas. Um so you had mentioned before before the uh, before the clip that uh, one of the stories that you did was with the trainer Bobby Stroop, and that they had been working together uh, with Patrick Mahomes since fourth grade. Patrick says fourth grade. Bobby does not actually remember him in fourth grade, and Bobby kind of told me, and we mentioned there in the clip you heard, he's like, "Listen, you know, because they have young kids come and work," and he said, "When they're that age, I'm just making sure they're enjoying themselves, they're getting something out of it, they're doing it the right way." 
I'm not really paying attention to, oh, that kid's really good. You know, and at, so he said, I, when I interviewed him, he said, I don't remember him in fourth grade. I remember when he showed up, when he started to make his presence known in junior high. But Patrick will tell people fourth grade. That's, hmm. that's where he's been training with. So, so you and Bobby were able to uh, kind of walk through some of the workouts that Patrick has gone through. Yep. And I thought one of the interesting things following your story was that it's kind of sort of built on a foundation. Um, and then that foundation uh, influences all of the different workouts. Talk to me about what that foundation was. Um, I think there was a, a diagram on the floor. It's called a vector. A vector. It, it looks like a bullseye painted on the floor, but they call it a vector. Um, the thing that I got from Bobby about Patrick's training is now and has been for a long time trying to make him to where he can create a whole bunch of power very quickly from as many different positions as possible. And when you watch him play football, that makes perfect sense. Some of the throws you see him make, some of the moves that he does, where you're thinking, how did he generate enough velocity moving to his left while throwing to his right 40 yards down the field to hit Tyree Kill and stride? That kind of... When you, when you hear Bobby talk about the way they train, it makes perfect sense. So everything they do, not everything starts on that vector situation, but so much of their movement stuff is based on that. And it's based on, okay, you have this amount of time, snap your fingers amount of time to create as much power as you possibly can from weird positions. So there's even some moves that we didn't do that he was demonstrating for me. That I was like, okay, that's not any. He'll never replicate that in a game. And then I laughed. I said, or maybe he will. You know, we don't know. Right. With Patrick, he very well may flip one over his head or something like that. But he said, no, this is not game action. This is about teaching his body to crank it up really quickly from multiple angles. So this is this is significantly more than 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 doing squats or or bench pressing. You know, two hundred and twenty five pounds, which he does too. You know, he made it very clear. He said. I don't want Patrick Mahomes fans to think he's not lifting weights. You know, he, he said he lifts a lot of weight. There are days where his workout looks just like something you would see in the gym because that's important too. And thankfully, he didn't make me do any of that. <laughs> um, but he said this, this part is really the things that when you think of Patrick Mahomes, that's what you'd be able to notice. Oh, like that. Like you can't, you're not going to watch Patrick Mahomes play or throw and think, Gosh, I wonder what he bench presses, you know. Or, but this workout to do and even to to be run through a very very controlled version of it was really cool to to feel like he he was showing me different stretches and that kind of thing. He'd be like, okay, look this way, and he had me turn all the way around. He said, okay, we're going to increase your field of vision by thirty percent just in the next couple of moves. And he'd make me stretch and do a couple of moves, and all of a sudden I could see a whole lot further behind hmm. me whenever I turn. You know, it's just it's things like that that when you think about putting that in the middle of the melee that is professional football, just how beneficial they can be. Is there any from so so the training is is primarily a, a, a physical uh, concept. Yeah. Is there any you know um, part of succeeding at the highest levels is having the mental mental uh, you know approach? Mm-hmm. Is is there any kind of you know like decision making um, you know uh, or or kind of a psychological coach that 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 Bobby offers at at his facility or not, how does that work? Not that we talked about specifically, but he did mention in one of the and I th- and I think you yeah you can hear it in the in the clip that we just played. He talked about. Um, when they would put him in controlled situations like that of decision-making. He mentioned something like that. He didn't necessarily show us any of that uh, whenever I was there, but that is an element of, of what they're doing. And he talked about that a lot of the moves they would do, he does it with a football in his hand because we want to make sure, you know, whenever you have to make that decision, what are you going to do with this thing? You know, so uh, it's a it's a pretty in-depth process. And, and I should mention, 
That was in Tyler, Texas, which is where the original facility that Bobby has, APEC, um, there is where Patrick was first started to work out um, in Tyler. He does most of his work with Bobby now at Bobby's facility in Fort Worth, which didn't didn't exist when Tyler okay, when, when right. Patrick was a kid. But now it's he's Bobby has professional athletes all across the country in multiple different sports. Fort Worth is much easier to get to than Tyler is, uh, so he will come. They, a lot of them, a lot of the professional athletes come and work in in uh, Fort Worth. But while we were there, and we mentioned there the story, D- Dylan Cantrell, who was actually just recently cut by the Los Angeles Chargers, um, was there, and and he was doing his workout because he's from Tyler too. Went to went to White House High School with Patrick, so uh, they they do show up there. There was a there was a professional baseball player working out while we were there too. Uh, give us a feel of, of of East Texas. You had mentioned that. Uh, you're from the area. You had worked there. Um, you know what's the what's the culture like? Is it does Patrick kind of embody what it means to be from that part of the state? Yes, um, and I, I say that without ever having met him. Um, <laughs> I joke about it. I've never met the man, but I really hope one day he's listening enough to say. I've, I've asked him questions at a press conference before, but I've never <laughs> introduced myself to him. Um, everything I know about him is the answer to that is yes. Everything that I knew about him independently already, everything that I've learned about from people that while doing these stories, that I interviewed his dad, I interviewed his high school football coach, those stories are still coming on 41 Action News. Um, just talking about the quality of person that he is and the type of person that he is. He's just, it's a yes ma'am, yes sir, very aware of other people around him, very aware of um, how he fits into the whole kind of situation. Uh, and that that embodies the best of East Texas. I wouldn't say all of East Texas, but the best parts of of that kind of small town vibe. To give you an idea, Tyler is the way I've always explained to people. Tyler is almost exactly between Dallas and Shreveport on I twenty. If you drive two hours west, you're going to hit Dallas. Two hours east, you're going to hit Shreveport. Um, and White House, where he's from, it's about five to seven to ten minutes outside of Tyler. Um, Tyler's a town of about 125,000 people, such at, right out there. So uh, it's a small town feel, and uh, everything that I know about him says yes. That's that's what that is like to be like to be from there. There's a there's a a groundedness that yes. he seems to have, absolutely. And and to me, it's been pretty impressive. I mean, you know, there's there's you know, he could very easily you know have his head in the in the in the clouds a little bit. Well, I think, and I mean, I will brag about where I'm from in East Texas a lot, but I I really think. A lot of that has to do with his dad uh, and the, the fact that he was raised in a professional sports situation. Um, you know, his dad played in the World Series. You know, he's, he's, he's been involved with professional sports for a long time. Uh, his dad is a very, at least in the interaction I had with him, his dad is a very calm, level-headed, not too high, not too low. This is just how things are, you know. And uh, there's some video that I got <laughs> Um, of Patrick uh, pitching in high school also. Uh, and his, like, it's it's from behind home plate, like in the bleachers is where the, the camera is set. And when it first starts, Patrick's dad is nowhere to be seen. He walks into the frame, sits down. The whole time Patrick's pitching, it's a live game action going on. Mm-hmm. He sits down, watches for a couple minutes, gets up and walks around, not looking at Patrick the entire time, not watching the game the entire time. There's just a... Go about your business, you know, and he and he made that point clear to me that when when Patrick was playing sports in high school, his coaches were his coaches, you know, but I he was not in there trying to tell him what he needs to be doing. But just his his way of operating seems to be influenced by his dad a whole lot. Uh, That reminded me your your example of high school um, reminded me of uh, a a little tidbit that I hadn't known before your your coverage. 
Uh, and that was his last pass as a quarterback in high school was an interception. An interception. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually – the story with his high school football coach airs on Wednesday, which I guess would be the 7th, I think. is Yeah, the 7th. Uh, coming up on Wednesday morning is when that story is going to air. I'm working on it right now. Uh, he didn't get into high school – he didn't start playing quarterback in high school until junior year. You know, his first couple of years he actually played defense. Um, finally got a chance to go and then so was lighting up scoreboards his senior year especially. Uh, his last game he lost 65-60 to 60, was a high school playoff that game. sounds familiar. 65-60 to 60, high school playoff game. And, uh, yeah, his, his last pass – uh, his la- last drive, he completed a fourth down pass uh, to keep the drive going. And, I mean, they're going down to score. There's like less than a minute to play. And his last pass tipped off the hands of his uh, running back, kind of out in the flat to his right, up in the air. Defender takes it, and season over, high school football over. You know, it's, wow. it's, it's and, and we'll talk about that in both the stories to come. You know, his dad told me he's never won the whole thing. He's never won a state championship. He didn't win a college national championship, no Heisman Trophy. He's never... He's never won the whole thing, and he said he is really driven to win the whole thing. It's great to be good. He's really driven to win the whole that's, thing. I hadn't known that either. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as part of what uh, what drives him, um, you had some fun. Yep down there down there too. So uh, we're taping this on uh, on Friday, August the second, and the story we ran uh, this morning, and then we'll run. Uh, I'm assuming elsewhere too, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also on our website kshb.com. Uh, I think it was. It's in White House where there was a, a restaurant, um, uh, a Creekside uh, restaurant. Yep. I think. Yep. Um, that's in honor of of the local celebrity. The restaurant just opened about three months ago. Uh, it's op- It's run by a man uh, there in t- that owns other restaurants in Tyler. Very successful restaurants in Tyler. Um, and this is a different kind of vibe. It's 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 called the Creekside Kitchen. And it, it really is kind of a – because some of his other restaurants are, are a little bit higher class, a little bit upper scale. Uh, not that this one's not, but it's got a different vibe to right. it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's hot dogs on the menu, you know, specialty hot dogs, but hot dogs on the menu. And one item is the Mahomes hot dog. And uh, we went down there to, to try that out, and uh, it's pretty good. Did it have ketchup on it? No. And some people thought that, too. Some people asked me, why shouldn't it have ketchup on it? And – because that is his thing. Yeah, absolutely. well, that and cereal now. I guess. Absolutely. the uh, the 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 connection was they put um, they've got pulled pork kind of smothering this hot dog. So that's the Kansas City because you know pulled pork is not necessarily a huge thing in in East Texas. Okay, uh, especially right. barbecue wise, Texas is more beef and brisket is 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 bigger there. Um, but uh, their their homage or their their ode to Kansas City, I should say. Uh, is pulled pork all over the hot dog. So it had fried egg. Fried egg on the top, top. coleslaw, jalapenos, pickles. Uh, the original menu item had fried onions to go with it too, but they said most people were asking it for it without that, so they just stopped doing the fried onions. I love fried onions, so I probably would have liked that. But uh, it's you know, on a grilled bun, good hot dog. Have we heard if Patrick has had it yet? To my knowledge, Patrick has not. You know, I asked him about that, and he said, no, he's never been in here. Again, it's only been open for about three months. Uh, and they said no, he hasn't been in here. But um, you know, they'd love to come. The guy, that, the guy that cooks there, and that, that we talked to in the interview, 
uh, is about the same age as Patrick when they were in high school mm. at the same time and not at the same high school. Uh, they were at rival high schools, actually. Uh, but he said he you know, met Patrick at parties and that kind of thing. So he said, I, I know him. It'd be really cool if he walked in here and wanted to have a hot dog with his name on it. Um, podcasting is a great medium for having a conversations, not so much uh, to be able to see what the Mahomes uh, dog looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've got uh, a video of that um, across our uh, social media yep, with the broadcast. Um, and, and not only do we have photos of it, we have video of you eating it, which... If you don't want to see, I, I understand. If you do the slow, <laughs> if you do the slow motion of it, you can see you're oh, taking gosh. you're taking the, the the sandwich up to your mouth, and there's like pickles that are like falling down into the, <laughs> the into the tray. Please That's, don't do the slow I, motion. I, I, I tag I tagged you on Instagram, so then you can uh, you Great. can see that here coming Great. up at at, at noon. Uh, you mentioned um, we got a couple more stories coming yep. out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, re- re- recap those, and then one of those coming out. High school coach uh, will be next week, and we'll talk about you know how Chiefs Kingdom has kind of spread to that part of, you know, he talks about how there's a big, big section of White House that's continuing to follow along and have become Chiefs fans down there in White House, Texas, even though that is in the heart of cowboy country down there. Can they see games, Kansas City Chiefs games they in can't that see, part They can the see some Chiefs games. I mean, uh, they are in that part of the country. It's it's most often Cowboys and Texans games, but the, the local CBS affiliate did run Chiefs games at times last, last year on Sundays because they were wanting to show off their their local hero, um, so that's a, that's a big part of it too. Uh, and then, so that's that's going to air next Wednesday, and then the following week, we're not sure which day yet of the following week. With the, the following week, we're going to have an interview with his dad, former Minnesota Twins pitcher. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Former. He he had a ten year career, played for several different mm-hmm. teams, uh, played with the Mets in the World Series. So uh, the year that they played the Yankees in the World Series, I believe uh, he was there. And if you remember earlier this year, on the night that. The Chiefs hosted the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Patrick wore his dad's Mets jersey mm. to the game, mm. both to the game and wore it in the press conference afterwards. So lots of great reporting, uh, more great reporting to come from uh, from Taylor Hemnes. Uh You can see all those stories first on 41 Action News today starting at 4.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. I don't get up quite that early. It's okay. They're airing during the 6 o'clock hour. So whenever you, whenever you, if you want to see them on TV first before you watch them on your computer or phone or iPad, just during the six o'clock hours when you need to be watching. Um, a quick recap on uh, on last week's podcast, uh, which was now, which has become now the second most downloaded podcast uh, in the history of the uh, the fourth or the forty one Action News Podcast Network. Excellent, uh, and that was the uh, search for the two uh, Wisconsin brothers uh, in uh, Caldwell County and Clinton mm-hmm. County, the Demo brothers. And uh, you've been following that story real quick, just to give an update on, on, on what's going on with, uh, with that one, if we, if you could. So, uh, a couple of days ago, again, we're, we're recording this on Friday morning. A couple of days ago, the, uh, law enforcement officers down there, uh, announced that they had found human remains on the, uh, farm where they've uh, been doing most of the search. They have not yet identified, uh, who those remains belong to. They have not told us where they were found on the property, uh, but we do know they were looking all over. We know that there was a, a burn pit found there last week. We know there was a, a, at least a small body of water or pond or something like that they were looking in as well. So we don't know where they were found or who those human remain, remains belong to. It's going to take a little while to identify those. I think Tom said it might it might uh, take up to a year. Yeah, it, it, could take, it could take quite a while, which is, I can't imagine how devastating that is for family and friends hoping for some sort of finality to this. Um, we know that um, of the brothers, one of them, the older brother, was married and a father, and we understand that um, his widow, presumably widow at this point, it's a death investigation, but his wife is uh, 
was in the process, continues to be in the process of trying to get him declared dead so she can – and he's a business owner, and he's trying to make sure – they're trying to make sure the business is continuing to, to run and being able to be operated correctly. So we're following that on, um, unfortunately, the, the uh, hard parts of maintaining a business when you may have someone that's lost in your family in the midst of it. And then also uh, just yesterday, um, the only person who's been arrested in this entire situation um, appeared in court briefly. Uh, he is – his name is Garland Nelson, I believe. Right, his name right. Joey is what he goes by. Uh, he was in court uh, by video camera, not actually in a courtroom yesterday, just for a brief moment. Said that he's uh, hired counsel and he's been charged with uh, it's tampering with a tampering vehicle. with the motor vehicle. Yeah, uh, it was the rental car. I think right. The that one that the, was found running with their luggage in it. He has admitted to driving that. Right. Um, and that's at this point all that's been done. But he's had his first court appearance and his. Uh, hiring it and working on hiring an attorney. That's the the last we've heard so far. So uh, a quick update on on that for the listeners uh, who were with us last week. Um, but for Taylor Hemmis, Mackenzie Nelson, I'm uh, Sam Hartle, and we'll see you next week on Forty One Five.